The Cincinnati Bengals travel on the road to take on the Tennessee Titans. This game is going to be played this Saturday on CBS with a 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. Tennessee, as of right now, going into this matchup is a three and a half point favorite for this game. The Bengals got their first playoff win in 31 years against the Las Vegas Raiders last week in a wild card round, defeating them 26 to 19. And that was a big win, not only for the Cincinnati franchise, but for the city of Cincinnati. Because you got to remember, like, a lot of us weren't around the last time we witnessed Cincinnati win a playoff game. So that was a really amazing accomplishment. And now they're on to an even bigger test, taking on the Tennessee Titans. And when you look at the Tennessee Titans, man, like, we know who's coming back. The King Derrick Henry. And before Derrick Henry ran down, Tennessee was one of the best teams in the NFL. I believe they were 6-1 and one, um, before his injury. And when you look at this Tennessee team, man, like, we know what their identity is, okay? This is a smash-mouth physical football team. Tennessee is a team that likes to dominate you physically in the fourth quarter, okay? Like, they're like boxers. They'll throw some body blows. They'll throw some jabs. They'll target a certain area and they'll wear you down. Then when they get into the fourth quarter, that's when they finish you off. That's when they end up really taking advantage of teams that don't have great depth and don't have great linebacker play. Now, the Cincinnati Bengals defense, when it comes to stop the run, has been pretty solid all year. During the regular season, they were six in rushing yards per game allowed. However, when they played the Las Vegas Raiders last week, the Las Vegas Raiders had 103 total rushing yards, and they were averaging 7.4 yards per attempt. And Josh Jacobs, every time he was toting that rock, like he was really effective. So you got to wonder just how effective is the Cincinnati Bengals run defense going to be in this game? Because Bengal fans are going to reference the stats. But at the same time, when you're facing off against a team like Tennessee, this isn't just your average run-of-the-mill running football team. Like This is an exotic rushing attack at that. And even when Derrick Henry was out, you still have Dante Foreman who was stepping up. Like, you still have other running backs who were stepping up and carrying the load. So for Cincinnati, you got to make sure that you're able to rotate guys in. You want to make sure that you're able to keep the guys on your front seven as fresh as possible heading into the fourth quarter because that's when Tennessee starts to really wear teams down. Like, I used to always wonder what announcers and commentators used to mean when they used to say a running back got better as the game progressed and i used to be like how does somebody get better as the game progressed well you see this big behemoth of a man derrick henry you have to tackle him for the first three quarters you get into the full quarter everybody's tired if a cornerback sees derrick henry come to the corner he's like oh god he's not going to want to tackle him so now over the last couple of years i've now started to understand what people mean by running back gets better throughout the game so for Cincinnati they have to make sure that they're able to rotate guys in and they're able to keep guys fresh and Cincinnati does have pretty good depth when it comes to their defensive line another thing that Cincinnati has to do is they have to make sure 
that they don't turn the football over. So Cincinnati was plus two in turnover differential last week against the Las Vegas Raiders. If they're going to win this game against Tennessee, they're going to have to make sure that they also win the turnover battle. Because when you're facing off against a team like Tennessee, a team that has a focal point of running the football, taking care of the ball, and, you know having the ball for a good duration of the game you have to make sure that you're able to make the most out of your opportunities because let's say you get the ball in the first quarter and you go three and out so it's 14 minutes and 20 seconds left a team like Tennessee they get the ball they may have the ball for eight to maybe nine minutes so you may not touch the ball again until late in the first quarter or maybe in the second quarter so when you're facing off against a team like Tennessee a team that is really adept at you know taking care of the football and taking time off the clock you cannot afford to have possessions where you don't put any points on the ball or on the board, excuse me. And on top of that, another thing for Cincinnati is you have to force Tennessee to throw the football. You have to put Tennessee in situations where they need to throw the football because, yes, Ryan Tannehill is a solid quarterback. They do have a really good group of wide receivers, A.J. Brown and whatnot. But at the same time, this is not a team that is built ideally on wanting to throw the football to win games as a matter of fact that's when Tennessee has gotten themselves in a lot of trouble this year is when they've been put in games and they've been put in situations where they have to throw the ball and even with a healthy AJ Brown and whatnot this team still is predicated towards running the football with Derrick Henry so if you're Cincinnati you have to get the Tennessee Titans off their game plan now you're you may not stop Derrick Henry you may not slow down the Tennessee Titans rushing attack and I tell people this all the time it's more than two ways to slow down a team's run game you can either stop them outright or you can get up early and force them to have to throw the football a little bit more than what they would like to to get back into the game and on top of that if you force Tennessee to start throwing the football, then they start playing towards the strength of your defense. With the strength of your defense is your ability to get after the quarterback because you have a very good group of pass rushers. You got Trey Hendrickson. You have Sam Hubbard. Larry Okunjobi went down. He was really good this year. He had seven sacks, so he's not going to return for the remainder of the playoffs. So that's going to be a huge loss for Cincinnati. But you do have a really good pass rush, and you're linebackers are pretty solid in coverage as well so for Cincinnati if you can put Tennessee in obvious passing situations where they have to throw the football I think that's definitely something that can tilt towards your advantage now Cincinnati offensively they had a really dominant performance against the Las Vegas Raiders last week Joe Burrow was the star of the game he was 24-34 for 244 passing yards he had two touchdowns no interceptions and if the Bengals are going to win this game they are once again going to have to do it behind the arm of Joe Burrow because Tennessee has the second best run defense in the league they have a really good defensive line so it's been really tough to run the ball on Tennessee's defense this year and Cincinnati didn't really have a lot of success running the football last week against the Las Vegas Raiders like as a matter of fact they didn't even touch 100 yards rushing they were averaging 3.3 yards per attempt and had 83 total yards as a team so the run game probably isn't going to get going in this game so you're going to have to beat Tennessee by airing the football out which 
is going to allude to the offensive line having to have a good performance. Now, the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line isn't downright terrible. They don't suck at every position. The left side of their offensive line, especially left tackle Jonah Williams, is really good. Jonah Williams had a phenomenal game last week against Yannick Ngakwe. However, the right side of that offensive line has some problems. You know, right tackle... I don't even know how they went into the playoffs starting whoever they have at right tackle. I don't know if they don't have any better options on the bench because he got ate up alive by Max Crosby last week. And you look at this Tennessee pass rush, man, like you got Harold Landry, 12 sacks. You got Jonathan Simmons, eight and a half sacks. As a matter of fact, Jonathan Simmons may be one of the top five interior defense alignment that we have in the league right now behind guys like Aaron Donald and Cam Hayward like he's that good not only is he good against the pass but he's also good when it comes to playing the run as well then you got Danico Autry who has nine sacks a career high so there are a lot of pass rushers on this Tennessee Titans team that's more than capable of being able to get pressure on the quarterback and not just those guys but they also have guys sitting on the bench who also can come in and be good rotational piece as situational pass rushers so Cincinnati even though their off the line isn't great and they could end up being put in second and long situations or third and long situations they've been able to overcome the inefficiency of their off the line because they're so good at generating big plays like they could be in a third and long situation and still convert because how talented their wide receiving core is and you look at Jamar Chase and I was just talking to a Cincinnati Bengals fan in the comment section of one of my recent videos when we were talking about the Bengals like when Jamar Chase gets the ball in his hands he's kind of he kind of changes into a running back like when you think about Jamar Chase we think about how good he is when it comes to catching contested catches you know those 50 50 balls how good he is in the red zone how good he is at creating separation on his routes but also when that ball is in his hands like he's really hard to bring down like Jamar Chase is one of those wide receivers who plays bigger than what he is like going into the combine I thought he was like 6'3 6'4 he's only six foot even so he plays like he's 6'6 so he's just so physically dominant and then on top of that you got Tyler Boyd you got T Higgins and you look at the Tennessee Titans all their defense is really good they're in the middle of the pack when it comes to yards per pass a lot they are allowing 6.6 yards per attempt which is 18th in the league so you look at Cincinnati there's definitely an opportunity to be able to take advantage of that secondary because that secondary has been prone to you know giving up a couple of uh, big plays here and there now the Titans are a body blow kind of team. They want to set you up to dominate you in the fourth quarter. They want you going into the fourth quarter gas. They want you going into the fourth quarter winded. They want you going into the fourth quarter tired and fatigued. Now, they don't care if the score is close going into the fourth quarter because it doesn't really matter because if you're exhausted and you're pretty much worn down, they're going to end up wearing you down even more. So it doesn't really matter how close the game is heading into the fourth because eventually Tennessee is going to end up pulling away. So it's really really imperative that Cincinnati gets out to a fast start on offense which they did a pretty good job of doing that last week against the Las Vegas Raiders but at the same time you also got to remember that this is a Cincinnati Bengals team that at times comes out a little bit flat to start games so you can't get in a situation where you find yourself struggling early and you get down early to Tennessee because Tennessee is one of the last teams that you want to be down early to especially if you're looking at that Bengals defense with a question mark of how good are they going to be against Derrick Henry in that run defense now 
Cincinnati, one thing that they are going to have on their side is the fact that they are so explosive that it's not going to take them long to score. So even if Tennessee is taking a lot of time off the clock and the Bengals defense can't get off the field, as long as the offense can score quickly and their offense isn't going three and out and their offense is sustaining drives, that's going to help out their defense because when you're going against Derrick Henry and you're going against that Tennessee Titans offense, one thing that's really important and making sure that your defense doesn't get worn out is making sure that your offense is helping out your defense by at least making sure that your defense doesn't have to spend 30 seconds on the bench and then next thing you know after they get done passing around that Gatorade bottle they got to put that helmet on and suit back up to head back on the field so it's really imperative that Cincinnati's offense is effective and that it is efficient in this game and on top of that if Cincinnati can come away with a couple of turnovers here and there and they're able to capitalize off those with those points off of turnovers that's going to be extremely huge also because Tennessee isn't really a team that wants to see themselves down as a matter of fact if you were to ask me which team would I be more confident in if they were down several possessions going into the fourth quarter I would head with the Cincinnati Bengals because the Cincinnati Bengals can score quickly meanwhile you look at the Tennessee Titans they're not really an offense that's built on you know scoring fast and having a lot of big plays downfield unless they establish the run game so if you're Cincinnati you don't need to shut down there Henry you just need to slow him down and on top of that this is going to be his first game back in the last couple of months we haven't seen Derrick Henry play in a minute so yes we are going to assume that he's going to return the form and whatnot but at the same time we don't know that you get what I'm saying so we don't really know how Tennessee's game plan is going to be with Derrick Henry we know that he's going to get a good workload but we just don't really know just how much of in-game shape that he is because the NFL isn't normally just something that you know people can just take a break from it and come back the same you know it normally is a process but at the same time you know that's your average NFL player Derrick Henry isn't your average NFL player Derrick Henry is not human this guy is behemoth of a man this man is a freight train so one of the most important players that needs to step up for the Cincinnati Bengals in this game it's not Joe Burrow, it's not Jamar Chase, it's not Joe Mixon, it's whoever they have playing right tackle. Because if Cincinnati can at least get, you know, better played than what they got last week out of their right tackle position this week against Tennessee, then you really like their chances of being able to win this matchup going against a really good Tennessee defense. Because I don't think that Tennessee's offense is going to run up and down and put points on the board on every single possession against the Cincinnati defense. As a matter of fact, I think that's Cincinnati's defense is heavily underrated. I've been saying this all year, especially when you look at how good they are against the pass when it comes to getting pressure on the quarterback and how they fared against the run. But at the same time, you don't really know how those linebackers are going to fare in this matchup. So the team I'm going to take to win this game, I am going to take the Cincinnati Bengals with the upset. And the reason why I'm going to take the Bengals with the upset is because of this. The Bengals have been playing some really good football. And you look at Joe Burrow, if he's able to take care of the football and they have no turnovers and their offensive line is at least, you know, formidable. I think that 
Cincinnati has a very good chance winning this game. And even if they're off the line is giving up a good amount of sacks at the same time in pressures, Cincinnati's offense is more than capable of being able to generate big plays. And that's a large reason why I'm taking Cincinnati because Tennessee's defense has been prone to give up big plays here and there. And on top of that, you look at the Cincinnati Bengals who are second in the NFL and yards per pass, 7.9. I think that's definitely a big matchup that can be exploited. And I think that the Tennessee secondary is not bad, but I definitely feel like you know it's kind of inflated how good their secondary is because they have such a very good pass rush when you have a very good pass rush your corners don't have to be in coverage for all that long they do have pretty good safety play you do have Kevin Byer we can't forget about him and also you look at Cincinnati defensively I know that they're not going to be able to shut down Derrick Henry, but I do feel like they can do a pretty good job in putting Tennessee in situations that they have to throw the football and capitalize off the Tennessee Titans off the line because the Tennessee Titans off the line hasn't really been the best this year because they've had injuries and you also had some guys who came down with COVID during the stretch. But at the same time, the Tennessee Titans off the line isn't built mainly all pass protection their off the line is mainly built towards run blocking so when you put Tennessee in situations where they had to throw the football like we've seen several times throughout the season they have gotten into a lot of trouble and I believe that the Cincinnati Bengals defense is capable of being able to do that which is why I'm taking the Bengals with the upset I think they win this game 27 to 24 is my final score prediction for this matchup I'm going to side with the Cincinnati Bengals so who who you got? Who you, you got Titans? Why you got why you got Tennessee winning? Because when Derek's back, he's out. I mean he's back for like you know, just like how last night with Cam, how Cam Akers came back and was a beast. He's hungry. And he got something to prove that he haven't showed all season. So Tennessee. Definitely, definitely. The Buffalo Bills are going to be heading to Arrowhead Stadium to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. This game is going to be played this Sunday with a 6.30 p.m. Eastern time kickoff on CBS. The Chiefs enter this matchup as a two and a half point favorite as of right now. Now, both of these two teams dominated in the wild card round. Kansas City Chiefs embarrassed the Pittsburgh Steelers 42 to 11 for the second time this year. And the Bills finished off the Patriots in their trilogy of games that they played for the third time, destroying them 47 to 17. And there were a lot of people who were surprised by how dominant the Bills were in their win in New England because you look at the New England Patriots. The New England Patriots are always a team that's very well coached. They're always very well prepared. And their defense is normally very good. But a large reason why New England struggled in that game was because, first of all, they had home field advantage. Well, they were on the road. The Bills had the home field advantage. And on top of that, they had a young rookie quarterback. And we already knew that if Buffalo was able to slow down the run game and the rushing attack of the New England Patriots and they forced the ball in Mac Jones' hands and Mac Jones had to win the game for them, that that was probably going to look like a one-sided affair because Mac Jones going against one of the best defenses in the league. 
probably wasn't going to be a winning recipe for success and that's why the score was so one-sided the way that it was now this is the second time these two teams have matched up this season you remember that these two teams played against each other week five of the regular season this season and the bills got the better of kansas city dominated them 38 to 20 now bills fans are going to be feeling really confident because they're going to say we beat kansas city once and we crushed them so we are we should be able to beat them again and if you're a bills fan with that mindset you're right and you're wrong. Yes, you are capable of being able to beat Kansas City again, even though it is very tough to beat great teams in the NFL twice. But at the same time, you just look at how much better you think you are than Kansas City. Like, look at Kansas City's secondary. Their secondary definitely has had some inconsistent play. And on top of that, their pass rush isn't, it's kind of hit and miss at times. So the Buffalo Bills offense definitely has a matchup that I think that they can go crazy and exploit that secondary of Kansas City. But at the same time, when you beat Kansas City, that was earlier in the regular season. And as we all know that Kansas City wasn't that great of a team at the start of the year. They're not the same team that they are now that they were earlier this year. And like I was telling people, everybody was so quick to hop off the Kansas City hype train and I still rode that thing. And the reason why I was still high on Kansas City is because I was telling a lot of people, it's not about how you start, it's about how you finish. And right now, Kansas City has been one of the best teams in the league. And for Buffalo, this is a very big game. As a matter of fact, I don't like using this term a lot, but this is a must-win game for the Buffalo Bills because if you're a Bills fan, you already consider Buffalo to be a legitimate Super Bowl contender. We already perceive the Buffalo Bills, based off their body of work over the last couple of years, to be one of the best franchises in the league at the moment. However, they have yet to reach the Super Bowl. And pretty much whoever wins this game is probably going to be the overwhelming favorite by a handful of people to advance to the Super Bowl if they play Cincinnati or Tennessee. So whoever wins this game is going to be a favorite whoever they play in the conference championship game. But for Buffalo, this is a must-win game because if you're going to say, you know what, we are one of the elite franchises in the sport, you have to be able to beat Kansas City. You have to be able to beat some of the greatest teams in the league. And although Buffalo had success against Kansas City in the regular season, can they do it in the postseason when it matters, when everything's on the line? That's where the question is going to be because you look at Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes threw five touchdowns and only 11 minutes playing total against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense so you look at the Buffalo Bills defense okay how are they going to handle Patrick Mahomes Travis Kelsey Tyreek Hill and all the weapons that they have and like my homeboy was saying when we was watching them play against the Pittsburgh Steelers like Kansas City has really creative play calling like they threw a touchdown to an offensive lineman you have like this little weird play in the red zone with Tyreek Hill so when you face Kansas City everybody makes it all about slowing down the explosive playmakers that they have but on top of that you have to make sure that you are fundamentally sound defensively you have to make sure that everybody knows their assignments everybody is communicating and defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier has been a guy who has popped up in a lot of head coaching rumors and a lot of head coaching searches if you are somebody who is evaluating who potentially could be your next head coach and you're looking at Leslie Frazier this is a game that you're going to watch because I'm interested in seeing the adjustments that Sean McDermott and his staff are going to make in this game because when you're facing a team like Kansas City in the postseason it's all about adjustments 
fans. You know, like the postseason is more than about talent and the best team winning because it's also about strategy. And in the NFL, there's been a handful of times where the best team doesn't always win because they either come out with a better strategy, the team that, you know, we perceive to be worse than their opponent, they come out better prepared and they have a good game plan. So on top of that, they also very good at making adjustments in games. So for the Buffalo Bills, if you're a Bills fan, you shouldn't really be bringing up the fact that you already beat Kansas City in a regular season because the Buffalo Bills coaching staff, if you were to ask head coach Sean McDermott right now how he feels about the Kansas City Chiefs, I guarantee you he's not going to bring up the fact that they already beat them before in the regular season because they already know that this is a completely different team now than what they were back then. They're better defensively. They are better offensively. You got to remember that Kansas City had a huge problem with turnovers at one point. Patrick Mahomes wasn't taking care of the football and also their play calling wasn't really on the right track as well. So you look at Kansas City going into this game like this is a completely different team. But also at the same time, you got to look at the Buffalo Bills like this is a team that's been pretty much dominant all year and I had my guy Juice on Twitter he was like he doesn't know how the Buffalo Bills how this is the same Bills team that lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars this year and I was telling them I was saying listen like football is a week-to-week sport you can't really judge a team based off one performance you have to look at a team's overall body at work so this is pretty much the AFC Conference Championship game in a lot of people's eyes because whoever wins this game is most likely going to be a favorite to win the AFC Conference Championship next week, rather that be against the Titans or the Bengals. Now, you look at Josh Allen, and I'm really intrigued in his matchup and seeing which team is going to be better at slowing down the opposing quarterback in third down situations because Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen make a living and moving the chains on third downs with their legs like their mobility on third down is so irritating because like if you're a defensive coordinator imagine how frustrated you are on third down you get the third down you're about to force the offense to punt you're about to get the ball back to your offense and then all of a sudden you have Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes rolling out and picking up the third down or picking up the first down on third down with their legs like it's really frustrating so which opposing defensive coordinator is going to have the better game plan for trying to neutralize the effect that these two great quarterbacks have and how efficient they are and how effective they are in third down situations situations like it seems like no matter what Buffalo always converts with Josh Allen because Josh Allen is just different man he's a very good runner he has very good vision and somebody caught me crazy when I said that Josh Allen was just as good as a runner as Lamar Jackson and a lot of people don't really understand what I mean by that Josh Allen to be a great runner doesn't just involve you know having super fast speed and having all these highlight reel you know runs and stuff like that like there are different kinds of runners in this league. Lamar Jackson is more finesse. He's somebody who likes to run outside the tackles. He's somebody who's more finesse. Meanwhile, Josh Allen is somebody who will run in between the tackles. He can run through you. He has great size. He also has good athleticism. He can make you miss in the open field as well because he's bigger than the majority of defensive backs. And you could argue and say that he's just as fast or just as big as some of the linebackers that we have in this league. Meanwhile, you look at Patrick Mahomes, you know, he's not as good as a runner as Josh Allen but he's very good when it comes to extending plays and he's a magician as well so these two quarterbacks are very similar it's just the fact that you look at the rushing ability of Josh Allen he's an elite runner of the football 
especially when he's taking the ball in on third down. He gets outside the pocket like he's really dangerous, and so is Patrick Mahomes, which goes to a very big point. Which team's defense is going to be able to neutralize this quarterback's mobility and get the ball back to their offense in these third down spots? So the team that I'm going to take to win this game I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs. The reason why I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs is because I believe these two teams are evenly matched. But at the same time, I have a hard time seeing the Buffalo Bills beating the Kansas City Chiefs twice. Because, like, I can under- I understand that Buffalo beat the Kansas City Chiefs handily and they beat them by a pretty significant margin. And most of the times when you see a team win by that big of a point differential... It doesn't really change the outcome too many times. Like, if a team dominates somebody one time in that fashion, they normally do it again. However, you have to take into account that that was a Kansas City Chiefs team that you played earlier in the season. This is a team that's playing way better football now than what they were then. And also, they have a really good coaching staff. Andy Reid's going to come out. He's going to make adjustments. Steve Spagnuolo's defense has picked things up. So this is going to be a more competitive game than what it was last time. And I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs to win this game because... I think for Buffalo, you have to be completely flawless to be able to knock off Kansas City twice in a year or in a season, and that's very difficult to do. Not too many teams have been able to do that, being able to beat Kansas City two times in a year. So I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs. I believe that their defense is going to be way better in this game, and I don't think that this is going to be as high scoring as a game as many of people may think. Like, I think that this game is probably going to come down to whichever team is able to get 20 on the board first. I think this is a game that's going to come down to whoever has the ball during the last possession, and I'm going to take Kansas City to be able to do to be that team. So I have Kansas City winning this game 24 to 20 is going to be my final score prediction for this matchup. Who you got winning? Oh, I got Kansas City based off of reason being of last week how they have, I believe they have more tricks up their sleeve and it comes down to coaching. All comes down to coaching. Yeah, man, like they got a lot of crazy and creative plays, but make sure that you guys go ahead. Let me know who you guys have winning this video down in the comment section down below. If you are watching this on YouTube, make sure you like, subscribe, upload NFL videos and college football videos daily. Also, make sure that you check out the JT Sports Podcast. Every video that is uploaded on the channel is available in audio format on every single podcasting platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. The JT Sports Podcast is available. Make sure that you go ahead and check it out. The San Francisco 49ers are going to be going to Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers. This game is going to be played this Saturday with an 8 p.m. Eastern Time kickoff on Fox. The Packers are a five and a half point favor going into this matchup. The 49ers defeated the Dallas Cowboys 23 to 17 last week in the wild card round. When you look at how that game started off, you thought that the 49ers were not only going to win, but they were going to win convincingly. But the Cowboys, to their credit, were able to find a Way to crawl back into the game and it was a nail biter you know I was watching this game and I ended up going to get me something to eat then I had a buddy of mine text me and say hey JT watching the game I was like nah what's going on he said man you need to go back and watch it because Dallas has came back into it and made this thing a contest so I go back and I start watching the game and I'm just like man 
Here we go again. Kyle Shanahan and his team are about to blow another lead to the Cowboys. But D'Amico Ryans, the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, had a phenomenal game play calling. And I think that if you are giving out, you know, MVPs of the game and whatnot, the game ball should have went to D'Amico Ryans. Like he coached a phenomenal game. And I don't really want to say, you know, like he completely bailed out Kyle Shanahan. But, you know, there were moments in that game where that defense for San Francisco came up big. Then on top of that, it also helps that you had the bad clock management by Dallas at the end. You probably could say maybe they deserved another second. I don't really think they did. I think that the clock hit zero. They didn't have enough time to spike it. So you look at D'Amico Ryan's going into this game. How is he going to game plan to slow down the bad man that is Aaron Rodgers? Because the Packers defense has been phenomenal all year. And for 49ers fans, you always have to ask yourself this. You know what you are. You are a running football team. You had a lot of success running the football against the Dallas Cowboys last week. But I always ask this. What happens when the run game isn't there? What happens if you struggle out the gate running the football and you have to rely on Jimmy Garoppolo? Jimmy Garoppolo played a solid game last week okay as a matter of fact i say that he played a pretty good game but at the same time you know the further that the 49ers get in the playoffs the more they're going to need out of jimmy garoppolo and this game is probably going to be really close and with this being a close game you know this game could potentially be decided based on which quarterback is able to make the bigger throws in the bigger moments is Aaron we know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do but what is Jimmy Garoppolo going to do now Jimmy Garoppolo to his credit has had some games when he's been very good he's also had some games when he's been mid and he's also had some games when he's been really bad so you don't really know what you're going to get out of Jimmy Garoppolo from a game-to-game basis And a lot of 49ers fans go back and forth on Jimmy Garoppolo. Some weeks you have a lot of 49ers fans that defend him. Other weeks you have a lot of 49ers fans that are ready to get rid of him. And you don't really know what you get from him every game. You know, he's really inconsistent. And that's the large reason why they decided to go ahead and trade for Trey Lance. Because you just don't really have the consistency that you would like out of your franchise quarterback and Jimmy Garoppolo. So how is Jimmy Garoppolo going to perform in this matchup? If he plays well, the 49ers should be able to win this game. Because you look at how great their defense is. You look at the pass rush. You look at what they were able to do to the Dallas Cowboys off the line. And by the way, The Dallas Cowboys have one of the best off the lines in the whole entire NFL, and they were getting constant pressure on Dak Prescott. You know, that was probably the worst game that the Dallas Cowboys had offensively when you look at how good they've been offensively during the regular season. Dak Prescott completed 55% of his passes, which was one of the lowest completion percentages in his career in the postseason. So the 49ers defense has caught fire as of late. However... 
when the pass rush isn't there and this secondary is forced to have to hang with receivers a little bit longer in coverage, that's where they can find themselves in trouble. And Aaron Rodgers is also probably one of the hardest quarterbacks to get down. You know, he's really nimble in the pocket. He's a magician. He's able to extend time. So for D'Amico Ryans, he's going to have his work cut out for him. However, if you're the 49ers, you have something to your advantage. I really feel like the run game could be very big if the 49ers can get it going. Now, Green Bay's defense is pretty good. The run defense should be pretty solid. However, I really am a big fan of Elijah Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell, the rookie running back out of the University of Louisiana, who they drafted in the sixth round. Like, I feel like he could have a really big game because when you travel to Lambeau Field, a lot of teams get in trouble because they try to get get into a shootout with Green Bay but I think a key recipe to beating Green Bay at Lambeau Field is being able to have success running the football when you think about some of the teams that have come into Lambeau Field during the playoffs and have dethroned Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers a lot of the times it's happened because they've had a team that had a great rushing attack and the run game if they can get it going can definitely be huge in this game and I think a lot of people are overlooking San Francisco because you look at Green Bay and we say, well, they have Aaron Rodgers and they have Devontae Adams and they have a really good team. But when we look at San Francisco, you know, San Francisco's team is pretty good also. You got Debo Samuel. You got Brandon Ayuk, who has been really good as of late. You got George Kittle. Like, there is a lot of talent on this San Francisco 49ers team. And the fact that this is a five and a half point spread favorite in Green Bay's favor kind of surprised me because I thought the line for this game would be like Green Bay minus two or Green Bay minus three. And normally when you have these point spreads, that are so low they normally come down to whichever quarterback is able to make the bigger plays but with Vegas having Green Bay as a five and a half point favorite that shows you that they believe that Green Bay is a pretty more superior team than the San Francisco 49ers because I want you to look at all of the other point spreads for the other following divisional matchups you know like Bill's Chiefs is Kansas City minus two and a half. Okay, you have Bengals Titans. They have Tennessee minus three and a half. Then you have the Buccaneers who are a three-point favorite to beat the Rams. So this is the game that has the largest point spread going in. And that tells you that you look at Green Bay. Green Bay has been consistent all year outside of their slip up week one against New Orleans like this team you probably could say has been the best most consistent team in the league this year and you look at Devontae Adams there's a huge mismatch against the 49ers secondary so Devontae Adams could be in for a big big game because the 49ers corners right now they're not really all that great but they're playing solid football because they're getting assistance from the pass rush but if that pass rush isn't there then I have huge questions on the 49ers secondary being able to hang with the wide receivers of Green Bay so this is a game that we could see Aaron Rodgers have a big time performance but however I'm also looking at the matchup of the head coaches. You're going to have Kyle Shanahan and you're going to have Matt LaFleur. Okay, I'm interested in seeing if this is a close game in the fourth quarter, which we all expect it to be. 
What critical decisions are going to affect the outcome of this game? And you look at the red zone. I think that's going to be really big because San Francisco has the best red zone offense in the league. You look at the Green Bay Packers, however, they have one of the worst red zone defenses in the league. They allow teams to score touchdowns in the red zone 66% of the time. And going into the fourth quarter, I think that could be really big because let's say the 49ers get inside the red zone. Let's say it's third and goal or it's like third and inches or fourth down and you're going for it to try to keep the drive alive or you're trying to put points up on the board I think that Green Bay defense in that red zone is going to have to be able to step up because when you're playing a team like San Francisco that's predicated on ball control and taking time off the clock it's really important that you're able to stop them in the red zone and have them taking three points instead of six because then Every possession really matters. So when San Francisco drives down the field and they have like a seven minute or eight minute drive and they only come away with a field goal, you know, it's kind of a disappointment because the downside to having a ball control offense that's predicated on taking time off the clock is that you don't really get a lot of possessions. So for San Francisco, you know, they may get the ball like seven, eight times you might have seven, eight possessions in this game. And if you only score field goals on three of those and Green Bay, on the other hand, is able to score touchdowns, then that could be an issue in this game, okay? Now, I also feel like for the Packers, you look at how this 49ers defense has played down the stretch, you got to find a way to make sure that if you can't find a way to keep your offense balanced, which I do believe that the run game for Green Bay could struggle in this game. I'm not expecting Aaron Jones to have a big-time performance. So you look at this game, and the strength of San Francisco's defense, in my opinion, is how good this defensive line is at creating pressure. So if this ends up becoming a matchup where Green Bay has to throw the football downfield, I definitely feel like there's going to be some opportunities for this 49ers defense to be able to get some stops on third down if they can get Green Bay in those third along situations and activate those pass rushers. Now, the team I'm going to take to win this game, I'm picking the Green Bay Packers. You look at Aaron Rodgers and how this Packers team has played all year. They have been really consistent. They've been really solid. They're going to be well rested, so they should be pretty healed up. You look at San Francisco, they have been playing some of their best football as of late. And when you look at the playoffs, you know, the playoffs isn't really all about who the best team is. Sometimes it's about who's the best team at the moment versus who's the best team overall. And right now, the 49ers are playing really good. They're really hot. But I feel like the Green Bay Packers with the fact that they're going to have Aaron Rodgers I think that he's going to be able to make enough big plays to get Green Bay the win in his victory in the fourth quarter and that's why I'm going with the Packers to win this matchup you guys let me know who you guys have winning down in the comment section down below if you are watching this on YouTube and also make sure that you check out the JT Sports Podcast Every video that is uploaded on the channel is available in audio format on every single podcasting platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from, the JT Sports Podcast is available. The LA Rams are going to be taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This game is going to be taking place 
this Sunday with a 3 p.m. Eastern time kickoff on NBC. The Buccaneers, as of right now, are a three-point favorite going into this game. When you look at the Rams, the Rams were my preseason pick to win the Super Bowl. And throughout the season, a lot of people kept asking me, JT, do you still have the Rams as your pick to win the NFC and make it to the Super Bowl? And yes, I do. And the reason for that is because the Rams are a team that is perfectly constructed to beat the Buccaneers. You look at the last couple of times the Rams have played, other than the Saints, the Rams are another team who have given Tom Brady and the Buccaneers a lot of problems. As a matter of fact, these two teams already met earlier in the regular season. The Rams came up on top in their Week 3 matchup. And the reason why the Rams are a good matchup for the Buccaneers is because, one, they have a really good pass rush. We already know about Aaron Donald. You got Von Miller there. So you can get pressure on Tom Brady. That's the first thing you have to do. Then you have physical corners that the Rams have. You have Jalen Ramsey, one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Then you have a really good offense. You have an offensive genius that is Sean McVay you have Matthew Stafford that quarterback so you have a quarterback that's more than capable of being able to go toe-to-toe with Tom Brady then you have a really talented group of wide receivers you got Cooper Cup who has been the best receiver in the league you got Odell Beckham who is in the middle of a career resurgence after many people thought he was washed up he was the problem with Cleveland well I guess we have seen those narratives push the rest so you look at the Rams like this roster is perfectly constructed to beat the Buccaneers. However, we know how hard it is to get Tom Brady out of the playoffs. So just because the Rams defeated the Buccaneers in the regular season doesn't mean it's a lock that is going to happen again because Tom Brady is resilient. And there's a reason why we consider him the greatest of all time. Like, I don't know how he does it, but he always finds a way. He just finds a way. That's the only way I can describe it. Like last week, going into the Philadelphia Eagles game, right? There were some people out there who thought that the Eagles were going to have a competitive game with Tampa Bay. Because they said, well, Tom Brady's down his best receivers. His offensive line isn't 100% and whatnot. And what did the Buccaneers do to Philadelphia? They rolled pretty much. And the game was pretty much over by the end of the first quarter. And then you look at this Rams team. This Rams team, prior to their win against Arizona last week, wasn't playing their best football. But despite the fact that the Rams were not playing their best football, they were still winning a lot of games. You know, on offense, they had a good amount of turnovers. You know, Matthew Stafford was being a little bit careless with the ball. And the offense just wasn't as good to end the season as it was at the start of the year. However, the Rams still found ways to win despite not playing at their best. And that is the sign of a good team. A sign or a characteristic that every good team has or every elite team has is that even when they're not having their best performance and they're having an off game, they can still find two or three ways to pull off a victory. And then you 
move past the regular season. And you go into that wild card game against Arizona, and the Los Angeles Rams have a fantastic performance. They pretty much have as close to a flawless performance against Arizona that you're going to find. Like the offense was rolling, they were taking care of the football, the defense was on the fire. Like that is the kind of play that the LA Rams are capable of game in and game out. The game against Arizona wasn't a, you know, wasn't a rare occurrence. Get what I'm saying? Like the Rams are more than capable of being able to do that to a handful of teams. That is one of the first times in a couple of months that I've actually seen the Rams play up to the level of talent that they currently have on their roster. And you look at Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay's defense is really good. They're fast. They can get after you. But at the same time, you know, like sometimes there are some games when this defense can get in trouble at times. And I definitely feel like for the Rams, they have the perfect personnel to give this Buccaneers team fit. Now, you look at Cam Akers returning. That was absolutely huge. Like, Cam Akers had a really good game against Arizona. He actually exceeded my expectations because you got to remember, this guy just had like an Achilles injury all the way back in the summer. Most guys don't even, most guys missed a whole entire year. He was ready to play in the playoffs and I see why Rams fans were so excited about him going into this year because I was watching the game with one of my homeboys he was like dang man like Cam Akers he's unstoppable and he pretty much was and for the Rams when their offense was at their best during the season was when they were having success running the football but near the tail end of the year even though they were winning games, the offense was kind of lackluster for Rams fan standards. And the reason for that was because they weren't really all that balanced, per se. You get what I'm saying? Like, they didn't have the run game at their disposal, or they didn't have an effective run game that they would have liked, like they did against Arizona in that win. And you look at Tom Brady, and you look at the Buccaneers, when the Buccaneers got in trouble and they lost to the Rams earlier this year, they didn't have the run game. Tom Brady threw the ball a lot. He was pressured a lot. He got hit a good amount of times in that game. So for the Buccaneers, you got to make sure that the run game can get going. And that's also something that the Saints do a really good job of. They do a really good job of, you know, taking away that run game from Tampa Bay. Because one thing that not enough people talk about is that, you know, we all give Tom Brady all this praise about how good he is and whatnot. But what we fail to realize is that there was a reason why Tom Brady left New England. He left New England because he needed more. So when you look at Tom Brady, you know, yeah, he has all these impressive numbers. But at the same time, when the Buccaneers are put into a situation against teams that are really good against the run and the run game isn't there. That's when the Buccaneers start to get in trouble because you see the Buccaneers offense is really good. Get what I'm saying? I'm not saying that Tom Brady needs to have a great run game, but the Buccaneers get into trouble against the Saints and the Rams because when the run game isn't there, that's when they're able to play towards the strength of what their defense is, which is their ability to get after the quarterback. That's when guys like Aaron Donald and Von Miller really make a killing. 
And that's kind of where Temple Bay gets in trouble. Like, nobody really talks about how the run game doesn't get going for Temple Bay when they win. But when they lose, everybody wants to point it out. Well, duh. Because when you're playing a team like the Rams and the Saints that have very good corners on the outside and guys who can get after the quarterback consistently, of course, that's where Tom Brady's going to have problems at. Because we already know the cliche way to slow down Tom Brady is by getting pressure on him. I mean, like, I know people get tired of people saying it week in and week out. Like, we've been hearing the same narrative about Tom Brady and how to slow him down for about two decades. But it really is. So, you look at the Rams. They have the recipe. They have the formula. They have the ingredients. The question is, can they get those ingredients? Can they cook them up right? Can they bake the cake right? Can they put the icing on top? And finish off the Buccaneers this year. And you look at the Buccaneers. One matchup that I'm really excited for in this game. Is going to be wide receiver Mike Evans versus Jalen Ramsey. Because both Jalen Ramsey and Mike Evans are considered to be two of the best at their position. And two of the most physical at their position. So I think that Mike Evans, Jalen Ramsey matchup is going to be incredibly big in this game because he is the number one target on this Buccaneers team right now. That's kind of a little bit lacking experience at the wide receiver position. I'm not saying they're lacking talent because they have a lot of talented guys. They've had, they got Scotty Miller. You got Tyler Johnson. They have a lot of talented wide receivers, but they don't have a lot of proven wide receivers or at least proven enough to what you would like going into a matchup like this. However, you look at the Rams and the Rams, if you can slow down their run game, they also can get in trouble because... The Rams have had stretches during this year when Matthew Stafford has kind of been off, when Matthew Stafford has been prone to turnovers. And although he played a very good game against Arizona, Arizona's defense isn't as good as the Buccaneers' defense. So there could be an opportunity for the Buccaneers to get their hands on the football and the force turnovers and get the ball back to their offense. So this game really can go either way. It's only a three-point spread for a reason. And the team I'm going to take to win this game, I'm picking the Rams. I know it's hard for people to see the Rams beating the Tempe Buccaneers for a second consecutive time because they already won the last matchup. But the Rams match up so well against the Buccaneers and they have everything that you need when it comes to trying to give Tom Brady problems. They have good pass rushers. They have physical corners on the outside. They have a offense that matches up very well with the Tempe Buccaneers defense. You know what the Buccaneers weaknesses are on defense is what the strengths are for the Rams offensively that they can take advantage of I just think that the Rams match up so good against the Buccaneers and that they have everything that's necessary to beat Tom Brady and Tampa Bay so I'm going to side with the Rams to win this game it's probably going to be really close 
it shouldn't be a blowout. This game is probably going to come down to the last four minutes of the fourth quarter. But I think the Rams are going to end up pulling it off. And I think they are going to win this game in advance in the NFC Conference Championship game. So you guys let me know who you guys have winning this matchup down in the comment section down below. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure that you go ahead and like the video. Subscribe to the channel for more NFL videos and college football videos. Also, make sure that you check out the JT Sports Podcast. Every video that is uploaded on the channel is available in audio format on every single podcasting platform. Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. The JT Sports Podcast is available. And I appreciate you guys for tuning in to this episode of the JT Sports Podcast.